the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line with Philip Naiman. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hello, folks. Welcome to Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman. I hope you're having a great day out there, wherever you are. And it's always important to have... A show like this where we're bringing you great information, information that can protect you, information that can save you from yourself, information that is just going to be useful in more ways than one. Now, what does that mean? It means I brought guests on who know far more than I do. And so let me introduce them to you. I have joining us here online, I have Don West. Don West is the National Trial Counsel head lead for CCW Safe. He's got over 40 years of criminal defense. His specialty is in self-defense cases. He's operating out of Florida, and he's here with us today. Don, how's your morning going? Terrific, Phil. Thanks so much for having me. Glad for your time. We really appreciate it, knowing how busy you are. Also joining us, I have Sean Lawrence. Sean is a litigation specialist or consultant. He is somebody who works with the criminal defense attorney on your behalf, uh, really finding the nuances in the cases and helping do things such as jury selection and, and working in criminal defense. The two together, I mean, if they were superheroes, They'd be the masters of your disaster. So that's these two guys you want to have on your side if anything ever goes wrong. Um, and Sean, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot. When he said that we were like superheroes, I was afraid we were going to have to fight over which one of us was Robin. That, that would have been me, sadly, I think. <laughs> no, so I don't, think, I don't do think you belong in those short shorts. <laughs> I would not fit. <laughs> Stretch them out. I don't Thanks think anybody us, should be Robin. That's just where I'm going to go with that. <laughs> All right. Hey, so you guys have been involved with CCW Safe for quite some time. We're involved with them also. Um, Sean, I'm going to kick this off to you. Can you tell us a little bit about what they are, what they do. Yeah, so CCW Safe is uh, a membership program. Uh, it's primarily for concealed carriers, although they have plans for home defense and uh, you know, it was founded by police officers, uh, a police officer. Yeah. Who had, uh, uh, in a line of duty shooting and the police officers have the benefit of support from the fraternal order of police, but the average citizen does not. And so, uh, Mike Darter, one of the co-founders said, you know, maybe we should put something together for that. And, and so they did. And, um, when they got Don involved, to be national trial counsel, he and I had worked together on self-defense cases. He knew that I was researching a lot of the self-defense cases that were in the zeitgeist that were in the press. And I was breaking those down, looking for what are the lessons for concealed carriers? What are things that we find in these cases that are common and how can we help concealed carriers? Good people. These are 
uh, Philip, these are good people, law-abiding citizens with good intentions who can sometimes get themselves in trouble because they make just a couple mistakes when they have a life-threatening situation. And, and we want to help them understand how those mistakes happen and give them the tools and the knowledge to prevent that. Yeah, absolutely. Don, how about you? I'd like to add to that, of course, that the primary role that CCW Safe plays in the lives lives of its members is after a self-defense incident, they become the funding vehicle to be sure that a well-qualified lawyer is involved and that lawyer has the resources to do his or her best job on behalf of the CCW Safe member. That includes the funds to hire investigators, to hire expert witnesses, to hire people like Sean to assist with jury selection and perhaps social media investigation and that sort of thing. Uh, My role with them is to coordinate a lot of that. I interact directly with the member. I interact with the lawyers that are hired on behalf of the member and then participate as requested or as needed during the course of the case itself. Of course, we, we look at a self-defense case as sort of two fights. The first fight is to win the one for your life. You need a different set of skills to do that, training and a mindset, I think. But after that fight is over and you've survived the fight against your life, you have a second fight, typically, and that is dealing with the criminal justice system. Because what you cannot control is whether or not you will be falsely accused. You may have done everything right, but for some reason, the prosecutor still decides to go forward. It could be politically driven. They could simply have insufficient information or whatever their their motivation is. You could wind up in court facing a potential life sentence. So we take the worry about the financial side of that off the table. And uh, those costs can be enormous, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Exactly. Don, it's not, yeah, I didn't want to interrupt you, Phil. It's not just the financial side, too, though. You've got uh, an experienced team that have done self-defense cases. You have investigators and and formal police officers who will be on call and hit the ground to help you with dealing with a potential prosecution uh, almost from right when it starts. You know, I heard a uh, story, a real life story, uh, while we were there in Oklahoma City. Somebody was involved in the self-defense incident on Thanksgiving, and he actually had CCW safe and two other, uh, I think those were actually insurance plans, but he had two other plans for coverage. And he was arrested. He went to jail, which most of the time, if you're involved in an incident, you're going to spend some time in jail till the police figure it out, they're going to take you down. I think that's pretty much been what's we, what we've seen, at least in California and Arizona. So he's arrested on Thanksgiving. He calls these other plans. One of them takes a message. The other one says, well, we'll get back to you in uh, on Monday. Uh, meanwhile, he's in jail. He actually had an attorney he wanted to use, but his attorney was away for vacation. And so... Uh, why don't you guys pick up the story on that? Because it's, I think it was pretty important about the difference between your your style of plan versus the others that are out there. Uh, anyone around with that? Sure. Uh, we believe that one of the most important features of 
the CCW Safe membership plan is the critical response when the circumstances involve a serious self-defense case. And by critical response, I mean not just finding a lawyer and getting a lawyer involved right away, but putting people in the spot, uh, call it boots on the ground, where we'll have an experienced homicide detective on a plane within a day showing up on location to interact with the member, if the member's not in custody, with the member's family, sometimes even the employer, to sort of assess what resources may be needed right then to interact with the lawyers that that we get on board. And uh, we did all that in the case that you're talking about. My role directly was to navigate the legal morass. Uh, As you said, the other plans didn't respond. They certainly didn't respond right away. One, I don't think, ever responded. The second one sort of passed it off and said, let us know when you get a lawyer or maybe contact your homeowner's insurance or what have you. Uh, So there, there was nothing being done, nor would there have been anything done for the next several days. You mentioned, uh, Phil, that the member in this in, in this instance had a lawyer in mind, a preferred lawyer, and we welcome that. We're happy to hire a lawyer that's qualified, that typically that I speak with personally, and I'm satisfied they have the background and the experience and uh, basically can handle a, a serious case. Uh, we have no preference in that regard, except, of course, we want a lawyer right now. And as you explained, this lawyer that the member wanted wasn't available out of town on holiday vacation, couldn't get in touch with him. So this lawyer need this member needs a lawyer now more so than he needs to wait a week to get the lawyer that he or she may prefer. So we had an established relationship with a very well-qualified, experienced lawyer in this area. Uh, Thanksgiving Day, I I spoke with the lawyer. The lawyer got involved. The lawyer had actually had prior um, criminal cases, serious criminal cases with the very investigative detective that was involved in the case, was able to make contact, had a relationship with the prosecutor assigned to the case. So things got going immediately. And uh, the happy ending was there was no formal prosecution, no formal charges filed. And the member within a fairly short period of time was able to go back to his daily life. Now, the cloud of this thing could persist for weeks or months or even years. But uh, nonetheless, the immediate jeopardy was addressed. He uh, was no not in custody. And we were able with our resources there on the ground to take an immediate grasp on this and, and handle it. We handle it well. Very good, folks. That's why you want CCW Safe. Check them out at ccwsafe.com, and we'll have a product code for a giant discount when we come back. Have questions about handgun safety, local sports shooting events, or your Second Amendment rights? Just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Get practical advice. No sales pitch. Vince is a straight shooter when it comes to sharing his advice and years of gun experience. Whether you're a seasoned gun owner or a newcomer, at Bullseye Sport, they welcome everyone, especially ladies considering a firearm for the first time. When they go to our store, we want to give them something that they're going to feel comfortable with. And if you're looking to purchase a gun, ammo, or accessories... If we don't have it, we will get it for you. For all the answers to your rifle and handgun questions, just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport. 951-823-0211. 
Bullseye Sport in Riverside, proud sponsor of the Firing Line Gun Show, Saturdays at 1 p.m. on AM 590. Follow Bullseye Sport on Facebook for your inventory updates or call 951-823-0211. 951-823-0211. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Plant Home Lending LLC and host of the main event. Heard weekends right here on AM590 The Answer. I'm sure by now you've heard interest rates have jumped up over the last few months, but so have home values. So what does that mean to you? If you're carrying a bunch of credit card debt, or you don't have money to pay your tax bill, or just needed extra money to fill up your gas tank, now may be the perfect time to do a cash-out refinance to consolidate those bills or get some extra funds in your bank account while your equity is so high before rates get any worse. If you or your spouse are 62 years or older, Higher values make reverse mortgages that didn't work before work now. To see how we can make the numbers work for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. Ed Hoffman, Retail Branch Manager, NMLS ID 9921, Branch NMLS ID 2275209. Planet Home Lending, LLC, NMLS ID 17022. Planet Home Lending, LLC is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. AM 590, the answer. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. That's right, folks. It's Boomstick Radio. This is Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. And as you know, each week on the Firing Line Radio Show, the conversation revolves around firearms, hunting, and Second Amendment issues. But one of the show's stalwart supporters has always been Vince Torres over at Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo in Riverside. Vince and his team of experts are second to none in their knowledge and passion for all that this show stands for. If you're not armed for protection or recreation, stop in at Bullseye Sport for small arms, rifles, shotguns, ammo, accessories, and much more. Bullseye Sports stocks all name brands like Beretta, Ruger, Glock, Winchester, and many more. If they don't have it, they'll get it. They welcome all levels of shooting enthusiasts, especially ladies, considering firearms for the first time. Bullseye Sports is the best selection of prices every day. Stop in, mention you heard me, Philip Naiman, on AM 590's Firing Line Radio Show, and talk about Bullseye Sports guns and ammo in Riverside. Near the corner of Brockton and San Simeon Way, hit the bullseye, go see Vince. You know, I, I really do appreciate his support because he makes this radio show happen. And folks, you want to be involved, go see Vince. He'll give you a great deal. Tell him you heard it on the show, and uh, then I'll get a great deal. Joining me back here on this show, I have Don West. Don West is the National Trial Counsel for CCW Safe. He's got over 40 years of criminal defense. Uh, he's been involved in very many high-profile cases. You know, we've had him on the show before, talked about Kyle Rittenhouse, talked about uh, Trayvon Martin and George Zimmerman. Um, so you might have seen him in, in uh, the Zimmerman case. And joining us also, we have Sean Lawrence. Sean is the litigation consultant. And these two guys work together on self-defense cases. We just talked about a, one specific case where CCW Safe was involved and the way they handle a case is different from others. Lots of different companies out there trying to provide this type of service. Some of them will reimburse you if you're found not guilty. Uh, others will assign an attorney to you and you're kind of stuck. But you guys have an option. As you just said, you put boots on the ground. And I've met these people, 20-year homicide detectives, that kind of experience. They understand what's going on. They can... They can talk to police. They can talk to prosecutors. They speak that language. 
they can take a look at the evidence and get an idea of what really happened. And truth is important on this. I think the number one thing somebody could do to mess themselves up, correct me if I'm wrong here, is to tell one lie. Because Not they, even one they, lie. To, to just get one detail wrong, mistakenly, that's not consistent with the physical evidence. Yeah, you know, Phil, I've represented a number of individuals who have been charged with murder, first-degree murder, second-degree murder, uh, arising from a self-defense case where I was absolutely convinced they were not guilty, that they did act in lawful self-defense. But the biggest obstacle I had as a criminal defense lawyer defending this person with self-defense was overcoming stupid things or ignorant things that were said during statements to the police or others. Right. So you can be your own worst enemy. Absolutely. If you don't know how to interact with the police, if you don't know how to handle a 911 call. And of course, uh, what may flow out of that may very well stick with you through the entire case. You know, exhibit number one is what did the defendant say to you, Officer Smith? And of course, sometimes there's a whole lot of explaining to do, even if the acts were completely legal. So uh, that's one tip, of course, don't put yourself behind the eight ball by talking too much. But as Sean said, you want to talk a little bit if you can under the circumstances, if you're composed enough, you certainly want to assert that you acted in self-defense, that you were attacked, that you're response, lethal or otherwise, was necessary because of the imminent threat of great bodily harm or death that you were facing. If there is evidence that you could point to that would help law enforcement do their job to collect, maybe some a weapon that rolled under a car or a witness standing nearby that wasn't identified, that can help you. But it seems in most situations that the opportunity to talk in detail with law enforcement to explain what happened is not there at the scene. It's after a moment to reflect, to collect yourself, and to get the benefit of counsel. I think that's uh, obviously it's great advice. As you said earlier, the people, you know, people in CCW, people defending themselves, they're the good people. They really are salt of the earth, and they've. 99% of the time, never been involved in anything like this before. So they fought for their life. They're successful. They've got adrenaline pumping through their body like you can't believe. And by the time the police get there, the detectives get there, that adrenaline starts leaving their body. It does huge physiological things to them. They want to tell the truth. They want to say what happened. But they've got all these other things working against them. Sean, uh, what do you say to that? Yeah, well, you've, you've nailed it. You know, the, the law enforcement, when they have an officer-involved shooting, they recommend two sleep cycles before the, uh, before the officer gives any conversation about what happened to them, right? And, and that allows the mind to reset. And we can say that we've had clients who, who felt very justified in self-defense. They were ultimately found not guilty for the homicide they were charged with. But during questioning, they got things wrong, like what their address was 
or how many children they had. Like they were so stressed out by just the physical threat to their lives. Plus the fact that they're coming to grips with that. They've killed somebody that their, their mind's not working right. And they say the wrong thing for things that are so obvious. Uh, so that like Don says the bare minimum, you know, that, that you, you act in self-defense, you're in fear for your life, cooperate, so that they can find the, the evidence that you know is going to exonerate you. But otherwise, it's okay to communicate that, listen, you're, you're, you're shaken by this experience and you, you know that it's very serious and that you'd like counsel before you talk in more detail. And then a cop's going to be like, we, you know, they understand that and uh, they need to stop asking. They may ask you more questions, but you don't have to answer them. And that's when you get in touch with your support team, like CCW Safe. You you know, of course, Phil, that people who, especially if they believe they were justified and they did what they had to do under the circumstances, want to tell the story. They want to convince law enforcement that they shouldn't be arrested. Some of them are so foolish. And I I say that in, in, of course, the air quotes to think they can talk themselves out of being arrested if they only kept talking and talking and told more of the story, which of course, as we talked about before, I think just digs the hole deeper because it creates more opportunity for inconsistencies, not lies. What you do in court is you confront someone with their inconsistencies to convince the jury that, in fact, they're lying. If they can't keep their story straight, of course, that means they're making it up. So you want to avoid something early on that puts you in that very difficult spot People should also know that they're going to be recorded in some fashion. The 911 call is going to be recorded. If they're placed in the back of a patrol car, it's likely there's active recordings being made. There's dash cams. We now know, of course, that most officers are being asked to have body cam uh, video capabilities. So anything and everything that you say is likely to be recorded and um Sometimes it can help, but all too often it can hurt until you've had a chance yourself to process just what happened. And if you don't know how many kids you have or your home address, how can you possibly get it right, uh, right off the bat if you've been involved in a lethal self-defense scenario? And you could be hurt, too. I mean, there's all sorts of things that, that could have happened to you that would have made it even more difficult to collect yourself at that point. So one of the most famous cases we all saw this last decade would be the George Zimmerman, Trayvon Martin case. And, you know, look at the situations that were caused in that, right? Um, The political overtones that were involved, there's the facts of the case, then there's the political overtones, then there's district attorneys with agendas. Uh, When we come back, maybe you can share a little bit of your insight you gained on that case, Don, because uh, a lot of people only know what... MSNBC said, uh, even to this day, you know, we, we see the Kyle Rittenhouse case where he's exonerated and right off the bat, as soon as it's, he's exonerated, they're calling him a murderer and a terrorist. They just don't let up. They just keep driving this media madness, uh, into the national collective mind. And it, once it's there, it sticks, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure, well, well, we'll talk about that because I really want you to go through what happened, what happened in the background, what the evidence showed, and how important you know, it is. You know, Phil, that's perfect now with Sean being here because Sean was actively involved in helping to manage the media, helping to craft the message, and dealing with the onslaught 
of misinformation that uh, the media seemed driven by in the Zimmerman case. That must have been a full-time job and then some, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we'll be right back after this, folks. Philip Naiman, check us out at firinglineradio.com. We have a discount code for you, FL Radio for CCW Safe. We'll talk more about that on the other side. Hi, folks. Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated $1 million for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at CCWSafe.com. AM590, the answer. Spartans, lay down your weapons! Persians, come and get them! Hey folks, welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. Um, right off the bat, I need to make a correction. I don't know why I did it, but I kept calling Sean, Sean Lawrence. It is Sean Vincent. So, Sean, my apologies for that. Um, Sean Lawrence, uh, I think, is wanted in 13 states. So that's yeah, maybe, possibly. Anyway, sorry about that. It's Sean Vincent. He's your litigation consultant. Also, as we went off the air there, I did give out the discount code. If you're not a member yet for CCW Safe, go to ccwsafe.com, sign up. Use the code FLRADIO, as in firing line radio, 10 for 10% off. And the great part about them is they never do price increases. So you start with a 10% discount, and it'll be there every single year for the rest of your life. And that's an awesome thing. Um, Also, as we left the last session, we were talking a little bit about a very famous case. I think everybody remembers it, even my 21-year-old producer here, the Trayvon Martin George Zimmerman case. And we all saw the media manipulation, but you guys were boots on the ground. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? I'll start off with that one. I had a chance to – I was really the the first figure that any reporter – encountered when they contacted the firm or the the team about that case and you know that was weeks old by the time the lawyer was hired Uh, Don came on shortly thereafter and the media narrative had already taken over the country's imagination and here's the trick uh, and the complication when it comes to criminal defendants when they're in a high profile case is that what they can say and what they can respond to is very limited. We just talked about in our last segment, Philip, that anything that you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. So our recommendation is don't say much until you have the counsel of your lawyer, which means that all this negative publicity could be happening if the case uh, triggers uh, the interest of the public. Right. Uh, But you're handcuffed, literally and figuratively about what you can say about it 
in your own defense until because the first thing you want to do is not mess up your legal case for the sake of your reputation right but then your reputation and we've seen a lot of cases that i think get prosecuted at all or over prosecuted meaning they they go for murder when maybe manslaughter was more appropriate or or it shouldn't have been prosecuted at all because there's public pressure on what is an elected official. Most of the state's attorneys and district attorneys are elected folks to get justice for a family that's aggrieved and who may have an attorney who's on TV all the time. They may be out protesting, demanding your arrest or demanding your prosecution, and then saying things that, frankly, attorneys themselves aren't ethically allowed to say, but the family of the decedent can say out in public about why you should be sent to jail for the rest of your life. It's a real challenge, and it puts uh, the defense team, who's already obviously on a defensive posture in a, in a difficult spot. Absolutely. And <clears throat> like you said, you want to respond, but you can't because everything you say is just going to mess things up. Um, specifically, Don, give us some of the facts that happened on that Trayvon case. I'll mention a few things that were captured by the media and just uh, used to inflame, I think, the passions of those that were relatively uninformed that really helped drive this misinformation narrative because some of these things didn't happen. And we can prove it didn't happen. We proved in court that certain things didn't happen. But I'm not sure it slowed things down at all in terms of the public's perception of the case. To this day, we are now 10 years past the shooting incident. <clears throat> Next summer will be the 10th year anniversary of the verdict. And to this day, when you talk to people about the case, what they know is so very, very wrong factually. And getting the facts wrong is a pretty good way for somebody to be uh, a victim of injustice. You know, innocent people get convicted when the decisions aren't made on real facts, but they're made on emotion or passion or bias or prejudice. One of the things that the media latched onto, which is absolutely not true, is the claim that George Zimmerman was on the phone with the police. He did call the non-emergency number and was being recorded during various points of this incident that he was on the phone with the police and was told to stay in his car and not follow Trayvon Martin. And yet he got out of his car, followed Trayvon Martin. And within a couple of minutes, there was this fatal encounter. That's absolutely not true. He was in his car. He was talking to the police. He had gotten out of his car because the police wanted to know where Trayvon had gone when he sort of ran around the corner. So who's, who started was, this? Yeah. Well, George got out of the car to see where he was to help the police. The dispatcher said, are you following him? Uh, George said, yes. The dispatcher said, we don't need you to do that. He said, OK. And it stopped. Somehow that became him getting out of the car, having been told not to and chasing Trayvon Martin. Just very, very negative and very, very misleading about what happened. Uh, People don't realize that George Zimmerman was pretty seriously injured at the time of this incident. Yeah, he got the media. He did. His face and uh, his face was bloody. But perhaps most importantly, he had several large goose eggs and lacerations on the back of his head that were completely consistent 
from the medical examiner's standpoint, of having the back of his head smashed against the concrete with a statement that, that Zimmerman had made. And that's a lot because of, the other person was mounted on him punching down, right? There was a Found witness to that. Yes, a witness to all of that. And uh, it seemed to be so important to the narrative being offered by counsel for the family, meaning Trayvon Martin's family, that most of that was disregarded or dismissed in some way. There was, of course, their interest to promote justice by getting an arrest. Uh, I also think it's important to know that there are certain ways to shape the narrative that can have an impact on the financial aspect of the case. And in this instance, there was very firm, quick action to try to get a settlement from the uh, homeowners association and that sort of thing. And it was effective before the facts got straightened out. There had been some pretty big checks written. Hey, Don, I want you to stress because you were able to prove using the different phone calls and the audio we had how much time passed between when they said, we don't need you to follow them and George stopped following them to when uh, basically Trayvon Martin came back and re-encountered George Zimmerman? Well, it would be important to know that from the point that Trayvon Martin ran off to where George Zimmerman was in his vehicle, to where Trayvon Martin's father was staying in this neighborhood was only a, a couple of hundred yards. It was very close, maybe 130 yards, 140 yards. Uh, Trayvon Martin was uh, a young, fit, athletic 17-year-old, and no reason to think that he couldn't have covered 120 yards in 10 or 15 seconds, one would think, certainly 20 or 30 seconds if at a slow pace. However, from the moment that they separated until the shot fired was over four minutes. It was over four minutes. And of course, it's evident that George Zimmerman didn't get out of the vehicle and chase Trayvon Martin down. It's also evident that Trayvon Martin had no real interest in getting away. The only plausible theory, and it's corroborated by the physical evidence, the forensic evidence, is that Trayvon Martin ran off, hid in a dark place, or went home and came back waiting for George Zimmerman saw George Zimmerman and attacked him exactly as George Zimmerman explained. But perhaps more importantly, when you're looking at who to believe, completely consistent with the forensic evidence and, in fact, the, the eyewitness testimony. Yeah. So the narrative about not getting out of the car, I remember that. I mean, sure. I remember clearly hearing that on news reports uh, time and time again. And, you know, the news at 6, 6.30, 7.30, they say the same story twice in each broadcast and four times that night. And every new anchor picks it up. And it, it's almost like the talking points, like Operation Mockingbird or something, where you just hear every single station saying the same thing, same verbiage. Always makes you wonder what's going on behind that. Folks, I want to... Uh, we're going to come back here. We have one more section down with these guys, and I'm going to leave this open to them. They're going to give you the best counsel you've never paid for on <laughs> self-defense. Uh, you can help yourself out, though, by joining CCW Safe. Use the code FLRADIO10. Get yourself a great discount on that, and we'll be right back after this. Have questions about handgun safety, local sports shooting events, or your Second Amendment rights? 
Just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Get practical advice. No sales pitch. Vince is a straight shooter when it comes to sharing his advice and years of gun experience. Whether you're a seasoned gun owner or a newcomer, at Bullseye Sport, they welcome everyone, especially ladies considering a firearm for the first time. When they go to our store, we want to give them something that they're going to feel comfortable with. And if you're looking to purchase a gun, ammo, or accessories... If we don't have it, we will get it for you. For all the answers to your rifle and handgun questions, just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport. 951-823-0211. Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Proud sponsor of the Firing Line Gun Show, Saturdays at 1 p.m. on AM 590. Follow Bullseye Sport on Facebook for your inventory updates or call 951-823-0211. 951-823-0211. Hi, folks. Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated $1 million for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at ccwsafe.com. AM 590, the answer. Yes! Great hunter. Yes? Yes. Fine figure of a man, yes? Yes? Yes. That is all you need to know for now. Hey folks, welcome back to Firing Man Radio Show. It's Philip Naiman with Don West and Sean Vincent uh, over here. They're helping us out to help you out. This is... Helping me help you. That's the important part of life, folks. And this section, you've heard the rest of the show. You know these guys' expertise, 40 years of criminal defense. You know, Sean is an expert at what he does also. They're going to give you a quick rundown on the problems with self-defense. And I call it the problems with self-defense because if you say you acted in self-defense, you can't say that without admitting you did this action. So right off the bat, you'd better have your, your stuff squared away. So starting with that premise, Don, um, I acted in self-defense. What does that mean? What would you counsel people with? Well, you know, Phil, it, it's hard to pick an exact point where this conversation begins. I was just channel surfing the other day, and I came across one of my favorite scenes from that classic movie, Roadhouse. I'm sure everyone's seen <laughs> Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze. He's in the ER getting stitched up yet again. He has his medical file. The ER doctor says, oh, my goodness, 31 broken bones, all these cuts and stitches and stuff. He's uh, For those that haven't seen the movie, he's, a, a in a sense, a bouncer, a cooler at a club in a real rough place, brought in to kind of clean it up so g- good and decent people can go there anyway patrick swayze as dalton responds to the er doctor when she says don't you ever win a fight he says nobody wins a fight 
So now I use that as a jumping off point because first and foremost, the way to win a self-defense case is to avoid it to start with. Don't get involved. If there is anything you can do to get away, to back away, to preempt what could become a lethal self-defense confrontation, please do that. That's part of the mindset is you don't get CCW safe uh, protection to give you encouragement or to embolden you to get involved in confrontations that you otherwise wouldn't. And in fact, if you learn anything from what we talk about, it's the importance of avoidance. There's no cowardice in turning and walking away because even if you win that first fight for your life, and there's no guarantee you'll do that, you also are likely to face the second fight for your liberty. And there's absolutely, no matter how innocent you could be, any guarantee that you will win that either. But what I can guarantee is that you will have a horrible, horrible life for the next two years as you wake up every day wondering how good your chances are of avoiding life in prison if you get prosecuted. So that's what we emphasize, avoidance, avoidance, train, train, and then still avoid. And in fact, in many jurisdictions, you have the legal obligation to retreat or avoid before you can use uh, lethal force, uh, notwithstanding there are stand your ground states. Nonetheless, we think the best practice is if you can avoid it, you do. So if you can't, and there are those situations where you absolutely are facing a deadly force threat, you have to respond, you have to respond decisively and effectively in order to save your own life or the life of a loved one, and you do. Well, that's when the claim of self-defense comes in. And as you uh, pointed out, Phil, it's a defense of confession and avoidance, meaning you admit, yes, I just shot this person. And if you didn't have a good reason to do it, you'd be guilty of murder or some degree of criminal homicide. So everything shifts to you and what your justification was. If you had legal justification, then you have a valid self-defense claim. If you fall short on any one of the elements of self-defense, the prosecutor can prove it wasn't self-defense, and then you're on the hook. And aren't and there the consequent- five, five elements? Yeah, uh, we we defer to Andrew uh, Branca, his analysis or his assessment of the five elements of self-defense. I think he's brilliant in the way that he has articulated those. He makes them easy to understand, and it's a perfect reference point when you're talking about how the elements of self-defense need to be established or disproven by the prosecutor. Yeah, Philip, I think if we're looking to boil that down into some, there's no real rule of thumb in self-defense, but if your intention is to avoid the shooting, if you can, so that when you're forced to make that final decision of the imminent fear of serious bodily injury or death to you or to someone that you love who's in your protection, that you can make that decision to pull a trigger with confidence that you're doing the right thing ethically, morally, and legally. And, and here's what I want people to think about, you know, that in virtually every case that Don and I have been involved in or that we've studied and dissected together, there's a, a moment or two, there's a couple decisions that the defender makes before the actual decision to pull the trigger that could have diverted 
or eliminated the entire encounter. And let's just paint a scenario we see all the time. Someone's wildly banging violently at your front door in the middle of the night. You're armed. You're scared. Your your kids are in the back room. You're afraid at any moment this door is going to splinter open. The knocking stops for a second. Your your heart wants to go outside and confront this threat and take care of it. Uh, but leaving a place of relative safety to go through a barrier or a threshold to in, to proactively go encounter a threat that can diminish the protections of the castle doctrine. And now you have to explain why you left a place of safety to be the one to encounter this deadly threat when you chose to use your firearm, where the, the we often find much better success if someone says they don't go outside. And not only do they not go outside, but they go down the hall. They find a highly defensible position so they can give verbal commands if they hear that the door has been breached and give that person a chance to either realize they've made a mistake because they're often drunk or high or, or confused. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if they continue to come, they've demonstrated, they've reinforced the threat that they pose to you and your, your legal uh, right to defend yourself is much more clear. And Philip, this can, this can, you can take this out into the world too. I, I think, think of mental thresholds in your mind. If there's a, character out there that is coming close to you and you don't like the look of it think to yourself okay can i cross the street oh he follows you now i'm concerned if he gets this far away from me i'm going to issue a verbal command if he doesn't respond to that then if he gets this close to me then i'm willing to make a defensive display with my weapon there's no recipe book here every situation is different but what you can do then is you've created those thresholds you can articulate that if you are forced to use deadly force you can say well i i crossed the street i told him verbally to stop he came closer he came so close i didn't think i'd have time to react that's when i chose and you're in much better i'm not saying that that's gonna get you free right but you're in a much better position to mount a legal defense if you're prosecuted if you've done that and and it's always Allow the attacker to move through the thresholds. You never be the one to move through the thresholds. Otherwise, you're going to the fight. You could be seen as the aggressor, and you lose some of the basis for making your self-defense claim. You know, and everybody wants to protect. But when you see the ultimate aftermath, how many times is the better thing to do, even though it may be against your natural inclination is to retreat, to move out of that way and not to engage that situation. You know, scumbag criminals, they got nothing to lose. Matter of fact, the gentle person that killed this uh, black philanthropist in Los Angeles broke into her home and stabbed her. He was bragging in jail that the DA wasn't going to give him any added, uh, added, years for life. So he's only going to do 25 and he was okay with that. Now, if you've got somebody with that mindset, how they have nothing to lose. They already are losers. They jail and crime is what they do. It's, it's unfortunately they're being let out on our streets. Engaging with somebody like that is never going to be a, a win-win situation for you. Like you said, Don, nobody wins a fight. And even though it's could feel an insult to your manliness, the best move is to avoid. I think it's very wise counsel on your part there, Don. 
Well, and in the legal context, we say nobody, if you're the defendant in a criminal prosecution, you can never win that. You simply survive it, Philip. Yeah. Yeah, we've seen that. I mean, we, we've seen it. It's, And thank God some people have the means to fight it correctly. And if you don't, if you're trying to do this out of your own pocket, you will go broke. You may survive. You may not go to jail, but you'll be financially devastated. Folks, I want to thank my very special guest, Don West, the National Trial Counsel for CCW Safe and Sean Vincent, litigation consultant. You guys are awesome. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your information. And God bless you. Thank you for having us. Pleasure joining with you. Thanks. Shoot, Felipe. Shoot. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. I'd like to introduce you to a new sponsor to the show, Sean Gibbs of Ask Defensive Training Company. They're in Redlands, California. They also sell guns and ammo. But the most important thing that they have for you here today is their training courses. Ask, kind of an interesting name. Why would you call it that for guns and ammo? Well, Ask stands for Attitude, Skills, and Knowledge. And that's what they focus on at Ask Defensive Training. Sean has basic courses for a first-time gun buyer. If you're not familiar with your firearm, you want to be able to use it safely, perfect place for that. He has also additional courses for defensive handgun, advanced handgun, and even learning how to shoot a firearm in low-light situations. Bring your mag light. So folks, check them out at askdefensive.com, A-S-K, defensive.com for a schedule of classes. He's got a great store in there too, so buy what you want, train what you want, askdefensive.com. AM 590, the answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.